0: Welcome to growth marketing today where marketers designers and product owners level up their growth marketing chops from experts in today's top startups here's your host ramley john welcome to episode 71 of growth marketing today i'm your host ramley john and i'm here on a mission to help marketers and founders like you sharpen their marketing skills by talking to some of today's marketing experts today i have kelly moore she is a sought-after writer who's Work has appeared in Inc and Fortune magazine. Now trends come and go, but content marketing, particularly blogging, remains one of the top marketing channels for SaaS companies. In this episode, Kelly Moore, a freelance content writer for SaAS and e-commerce, shares how to produce top performing blog posts, promote them and leverage different media types, and make your content as evergreen as possible. Now Kaylee has worked with top companies on the 14,500 as well as growing SaaS companies, including AT&T, Recharge Payments, HubSpot, and BigCommerce. In episode 71, you'll learn first, Kaylee's blogging strategy that directly resulted in more than $10,000 in revenue. Second, big trends in content marketing in 2020 and beyond. And third, how to get into the flow of writing for people who wanna learn or want to write more like I do. I've created a growth cheat sheet with all the actionable tips from this episode. Why take notes when you can just steal mine? You can get it at growthtoday.fm forward slash 71 to get it now. Before we jump in, I just wanna thank those who made this episode possible. This folks helped cover the cost of hosting and marketing tools that I use so that I can focus on getting amazing experts that you and I can learn from. So I just wanna thank the sponsor for this episode, Rank Science. This is a really cool tool. I actually had the founder in episode 70. If you're content marketing, what they do is just mind-blowing. They use real-time search data and some algorithm to help you craft content that is highly relevant to search intent and maps directly to what users are searching for. You don't have to guess what the search intent is for certain keywords. They actually have figured that out using their tool. This allows you to optimize any past blog posts that you have or plan out and create new ones, giving you a step by step plan for easy success. You can sign up for a risk free 30 day trial at rankscience.com forward slash grow today, or you can find that link in the description of this podcast or wherever you get it, whether that's Apple, Google, Spotify, Overcast, Breaker or like I said, wherever you get your podcast. I also want to thank my Patreon supporters for this. They get an ad-free version of this podcast. Jamie Ward from Las Vegas, Veronica from London, UK, Parizio Marcius from Brazil, Nicholas Vargas from Sydney, Sam Grover from New Zealand, Joseph Valenti from Quebec, Canada, Louis Nichols from Switzerland, and more from Canada. Enough about this, let's jump in in my chat with Kaylee. Hey everybody, I'm excited to chat with Kaylee about all that she's working on uh, specifically with content. How are you doing Kaylee, how are you doing this morning?
1: I'm doing well, thanks, how are you?
0: I'm doing pretty good. I'm not sure, uh, where, are you call- where are you calling from this morning?
1: So I live in central Illinois, um, uh, it's the heart of the Midwest. And I am about 90 minutes from the closest major metropolitan area. So very rural. Um, but this is where i'm i'm from originally so back home and it's very very cold right now
0: yeah same here so I, i'm based out of toronto canada and we just got our first major snowfall yesterday seven eight inches of snow
1: oh my gosh i thought the <laughs> one to two inches we had was that but you win
0: yeah my my back hurts from plowing the snow
1: <laughs> oh
0: yeah yeah well I don't want to talk about snow. I, <laughs> I want to talk about you. I want to talk about you. I wanna I wanna hear your story about and you know, I looked at you up on uh, your your on LinkedIn and I I saw you were a PR manager for a food bank and now you're a highly sought after content writer. How how did that happen?
1: Oh man, so that's kind of a long story. I'll try to give the cliffs notes here. So fresh out of college, I was a communications major. I landed this job as the PR manager for a food bank, which works with Feeding America. They distribute food to food pantries and things like that. Um, And I did that for about three and a half years and I really loved it. I love the mission. I love the people. The work was fantastic. It's just tough when you work in a nonprofit because they're so resource strapped. So after about three and a half years, I, I started doing some freelancing on the side just to kind of keep myself busy to explore a few different options. I was curious about social media management, about writing, um, my husband was doing some graphic design work. So we launched this little umbrella company called Lumen, um, which is still the LLC I use today. And just kind of started experimenting with um, trying a lot of different types of work. And so over time, I eventually found that I really enjoyed the writing portion. And I, I seem to do really well within the kind of the technology and e-commerce and software as a service space. So I I decided to focus my niche there and actually yesterday was my six-year anniversary i just Congrats. thought of that of freelancing <laughs> so yeah time flies
0: i'm so you're writing uh content for different tech companies i noticed on your website you write for SaaS or, or e-commerce companies which one do you prefer writing for and, and why i'm curious
1: oh that's tough so I, I like them both. The SaaS writing is a little bit more technical most of the time. But the thing is, so my niche is e-commerce platforms and then the software tools that integrate with them. So there's a lot of synergy between the two worlds. Um, so I like them both almost equally. The thing I really like about writing for e-commerce platforms and about the topic of e-commerce rather than the more technical software component is that you learn about all these really interesting retailers and especially with the rise of like digitally native brands, direct to consumer brands. There's so many interesting things happening right now. So it's been really neat over the past year specifically to really kind of delve into that world. Um, and that's something I've been writing about more too, just kind of for fun through platforms like Forbes and past company, glossy ad week, and just writing about the trends that I'm seeing from the client work that I'm doing. So um, yeah, that's been really neat to just pull together the points and illustrate new themes and trends that I'm seeing within that world. And then at the same time, learning about a lot of really interesting companies at the same time.
0: I want to jump on that on your, your content writing process. Uh, you know, I've, I've checked out your website, you've re- written number one Google search ranked articles, you've increased blog traffic for some of your clients by I, I think I read 1000 1800 percent in 18 months
1: yeah crazy
0: what's your process for writing content that actually gets results
1: i think the companies who do it best almost always have an in-house seo person so i know enough to be dangerous with seo i can build an seo optimized outline and i know what to do when it comes to headings and keyword integration um, but the people who do a really good job will take what i've written hand it off to the SEO person and they will just maximize everything and really kind of shiny it up. So it performs really, really well. And then at the same time, they take those pieces of content and one, they repurpose it. So they get more mileage out of it. And two, they update it frequently. So rather than just hiring me to write a one-off piece, they'll say, okay, we're going to have you write this now. Um, 6 to 12 months from now, we're going to have you hop back in and update it. So if there's anything new you want to add, if there are dates that need changed, if there are new quotes you want to tie in. So I think that that's, those are kind of the secret elements to creating evergreen content. And I think the SEO person who really oversees and has a hand in the content itself is really, really essential for... Um, high performance ranking.
0: Now, specifically for, let's say you're tasked to write a specific content, like what, what would be your process to build that piece together?
1: Yeah, so I have a pretty uh, polished process now for heading into these, just what I found to work well over the past several years. So it all starts with a writing brief template. I send that to the client and they fill it out. It gives me all the important information I need to get started. Um, From there, I will start doing my own research and building out the outline um, with tentative headings and pull quotes and things like that worked in. Then I send that over to the client so they can approve it and make any tweaks before I drive into actually uh, writing the thing. And from there, I just once that's approved, um, I start writing and... That usually takes anywhere from like five to seven business days, depending on how long the content is. But yeah, it's, it's a fairly simple process, fairly straightforward. I think one of the most time consuming things is I've worked really hard to build up a network of expert sources. So doing outreach to them and getting the original quotes and getting the insight from them, that takes some time, but that's a huge value add for the people that I work with.
0: Now for that initial piece of you know detail that you're asking from the client, what do you ask from them right in the beginning too, so that you can get started on the right foot?
1: Yeah. So I think the big things I look for are like, a general summary you know what are you looking for in the post um, who are your competitors that you don't want me to reference who am i writing for like who is your target persona what are what are some of the objectives for the piece of content so for me that's almost a filtering tool so if they can't answer those questions and they don't they don't know how to answer those that's a major red flag for me that they're not <laughs> ready to create content so those are like the very basic foundational building blocks of content creation so if i ever have a client come back to me and they're like oh uh, we're not really sure who our target persona is i'm like wait, wait, wait. <laughs> you, <laughs> you need to you need to do this before you invest in building content let's do this right why, why is that
0: important for you well as a marketer i know but like maybe from some listeners so like "Oh, i don't need a target persona <laughs>
1: You do though. I mean, it's just so crazy. Like, why would you write a post when you don't know who you're writing for? You, get, ugh, it's too hard. That's too too hard.
0: Now, it, are you finding the similar process for for SaaS companies you write for, or e-commerce companies that you write for? Like, are are the is the process similar?
1: Yeah, it's it's pretty much the same across the board. And like I said, there's so much overlap between the two worlds because I am pretty hyper specific as to like who I work with and what I write about. Um, so the, the process works across the board. And I would say the only thing that differs is that sometimes with um, software integrations and tools that I work with, it's a little bit more technical. So sometimes there's a little bit more onboarding that happens with those where I need to get more up to speed with the technology and, you know, what the functionality is, things like that. So e-commerce platforms are fairly straightforward. Um, but it's a little bit more intricate with software sometimes.
0: When it comes to finding ideas, I read one of your recent blog posts about letting ideas marinate, and that's—I guess—that's my problem too. Is I—I I hit like a creative block or like a writer's block. W- what do you mean about like letting ideas marinate, and why? And you talked about this. Why should marketers and content writers be intentional about? sometimes doing nothing.
1: Yeah, I, so I'm personally really bad at this. I'm like a go, go, go person. If I have an idea, I want to sprint and run with it. Uh, but I think the, the thing that happens sometimes when you do that is you don't really fully think through the idea and you don't think about all the nuances, you don't think about all the varied perspectives that go into whatever it is that you're writing about. So by letting the idea sit for a few days or a week, you can sometimes get a more well-rounded piece. Out of that process, and you can think about um, the different angles or the different new ideas or data pieces that you can connect to make a really strong, interesting piece and make points that haven't maybe been made yet within the conversation. So I think it's important not to just think, "Oh, I have an idea. I'm going to ra- write about this right now. Publish. You know, hit the button. Set it live." I think it's good to have a back and forth with at least one other person when you're thinking about an idea. I think brainstorming sessions are essential. Um, because most things in life are not black and white. So you need, you need to get the gray in there somehow. And moving too quickly is a really simple way to skip that part.
0: And how are you, how are you doing that intentionally? Do you like set timers for yourself? How are you intentionally taking breaks?
1: Yeah. So I am really fortunate to have a partner who also knows a lot about kind of the work that I do and really understands the environment. And so most of the time I'll use him as a sounding board and say, Here's what I'm thinking about writing about. And he'll say, oh, have you thought of X? Or have you heard of this company? And so it's really good, even if you don't have a partner who does that, to have maybe a friend or a colleague or a mentor who can act as that sounding board and can push you to think about the things that maybe you're not seeing. In the first iteration of your idea,
0: you said something earlier that I'm curious about. You said a strong article, like what's the difference between a strong piece versus like you're reading something online. And it's like, oh man, this is just not good.
1: Yeah. I think it's pretty easy to see that. I think people have a really good BS meter these days. So I think the difference is like, you can tell when somebody's rushed through, there's no images. It's short form. It's not really that in depth. You don't walk away feeling like you learned something valuable the best pieces and the evergreen pieces those take a long time to write they're very in depth they're very long form they're filled with examples they're filled with like expert insight so they go much deeper than just the surface level 500 word like i wrote this in half an hour type post you know the best posts take weeks they take hours and hours of research and so it's it's really easy to see the difference at first glance i mean people can tell right away Who's doing it right and who is just like throwing spaghetti at the wall basically
0: it's not is that a myth or some kind of misunderstanding that you p- find people have like, especially maybe even founders where like oh it just it's just writing a, a piece it should only take a few hours and you're saying and i believe this too like writing a great piece actually does takes some time. Is like so, is that something you're finding a lot of people have a misconception
1: about? Yeah, I think everybody wants the cheap and easy solution because it's cheap and easy. I mean, that makes sense. Um, but the people who really see like high quality content as a long term growth play and as a long term like authority building strategy for their brand, they know that one, it's expensive. Two, it takes a lot of time. And three, it almost always requires like a subject matter expert or a specialist who can really drill down into the topic without having to learn everything from scratch. So yeah, there's a major difference. And I would say there's a lot of people out there who just, like I said, they want they want it done and they want it done fast and they don't want to spend a lot of money on it. But the results they get from those efforts are just not impressive. They're It's kind of like throwing money out the window, honestly.
0: I mean, I'm guessing people have come up to you Asking for that short pieces, do you try to educate them or are you just like, no, you're not not the right fit for, my, for me so talk to somebody else?
1: Yeah. I mean, most of the time, that's how those conversations go. Um, I have a fairly good screening process in at this point to where I kind of can spot those early on. And I'm always happy to refer them to people who, you know, who do that type of writing and there's nothing wrong with that. Like, if that's what they're going for, then you do you. Um <laughs> But yeah, I think I always try to at least educate a little bit as far as like, here's why this is important. Um and I actually have a whole hidden page on my website that explains like why my rates are what they are and like what's the benefit of working with me and why why is this so expensive and and all of those important things to just kind of like I said build up a foundation of like, here's why this is what this is and how I work. I'm
0: curious what that screening process is. So like, what are you, what are you, do you have to answer a bunch of questions? What kind of questions are you asking?
1: Yeah, it's a really simple form on my website. So it asks like, who's your target audience? What's your budget? What's your turnaround time? What are your objectives for the content? So it's like four or five really simple questions. And again, if they can't answer those or if the budget is set to something really low, I can tell right away that like, this isn't a good fit. And again, like I'm always happy to make referrals um but i'm not going to invest a lot of time into like getting on a phone call with somebody who isn't willing to pay my rates or you know isn't really interested in investing in really high quality content.
0: Uh, so you do have the screening process now. I'm guessing you learned that from ex- experience. Do you have a story as a freelancer where it, it didn't go as well? And did you do at that time?
1: The first year I was freelancing full-time, I really had no idea what I was doing. Like they don't teach you how to freelance in school. <laughs> so I was just winging it and saying yes to anything that came my way. And I think my my big horror story that stands out in my mind is that I had this client who wanted the cheap, easy, fast done solution. And so I was really green. I didn't know what I was doing. And so I said, yes. And he was kind of crazy. Like (laughs) it was a Friday night. He was calling me, texting me. Like, why aren't you responding to my emails? It was like Friday night at 7 PM. My time and I was like, you know, I told you my office hours, like I'm not, I'm not working right now. And he was just like, nonstop, like started berating me, telling me I was unprofessional for not responding right away. It was just bizarre. And so that was one of those really illuminating experiences where I was like, oh man, I need a better screening process. I should have caught this earlier, you know?
0: I think I do have a sense of like a bush- bullshit meter where like you talk to somebody who's like, oh, this guy is just, he's gonna push me around. Do you also do that? Like you would try to get them on a call first and like try to gauge their energy and their like personality?
1: I don't usually because the calls tie up so much time. And I, I really like when I'm writing, I really have to be in a state of flow. So I can't break that up with phone calls all the time. So I typically one, I have the screening process of the form, like, can you answer, answer the four or five simple questions? And then number two, most of my work is referral based these days. So most of the people are, yeah, they're like kind of pre greenlighted. They know how I am, like how I work, what my process is, and they trust handing that off to me to where it's just like, okay, just we're going to give her the topic. Here's the outline. Here's the brief run with it. And so there's not a lot of hand-holding required and that's been really helpful.
0: When we come back in just a moment, you'll learn how Kaylee gets into the flow of writing and the length of articles that perform the best. Hint, it's actually very long. I just wanna thank the sponsor for this episode right now, Rank Science, Rank Science is the easiest way to grow organic traffic and get your content ranking higher on Google. They have an AI-powered platform that gives your content team superpowers. Essentially, what they do is something really cool. I haven't seen this before. What they do is they have an algorithm and they take real-time search data to try to figure out uh, what the search intent is for those specific keywords so that you don't have to guess. You don't have to figure out what is it that people are actually looking for for these keywords. This allows you to optimize any past blog posts that you have to match more related to the search intent, or you can help plan out and create new ones, giving you a step-by-step plan for easy success. The cool thing, as an added bonus, their platform also allows marketers to make SEO enhancements to the website without having to bother the engineering team again. Now, RecSign is used by hundreds of companies to grow organic traffic, from startups to publicly traded companies. They work with customers like BuildZoom, GoldBelly, Sweetness, and Career Karma. Sign up for a risk-free 30-day trial at rankscience.com forward slash go today, or you can find the link in the description of the podcast. Now, if you don't like hearing ads like this, you can support me for as little as $2 per episode for an ad-free version of this podcast. You also know who I have coming up as guests, be part of a private Slack group, and have Monday video calls with me. You can go to Patreon. Dot com forward slash grow today to help with the cost to maintain and growing this podcast enough about this let's jump back into my chat with kaylee you said something interesting there you said getting into the flow of writing and that's something that i've also been trying to i'm actually trying to write more my background is in mathematics and and technical stuff and you know writing is not my strong suit what's your advice for people to, to get into that flow
1: um, i think distraction is the biggest enemy of productive writing and achieving that flow state. So closing out all your tabs, putting your phone on do not disturb. If you're in an office setting, like closing your door, or putting on headphones, really creating an environment where distractions are eliminated and giving yourself... I do the sprint thing. So I work in in short sprints and then I get up and move around and I come back and I do it again. And usually I'll do like 20 to 30 minutes at a time with breaks sprinkled in there. So it's modified Pomodoro technique, I guess. But yeah, I think, I think everybody's low state is achieved different ways and you kind of have to experiment and figure out what's best for you but for me it's it's totally silent like no distractions and working in the sprints that's what's been really helpful
0: that's really interesting i'm i'm going to try that do you just have a blank screen or do you have like your notes on the side somewhere
1: so i usually do split screens i have one of the big macs big macs that sounds like a hamburger (laughs) um (laughs) So I do, my research is open on one side of the screen and then my Google doc is open on the other side of the screen. And so I'm, I'm just hopping back and forth between the two.
0: And I'm guessing all your research is in that, in a document, not, you're not, you don't have to like Google anything anymore. You're already done your research.
1: Yeah. So I have the outline is is, I have that open while I'm writing. And so I'll just like, okay, I'm working on this section now and I'll open the articles that I need for that section in the split screen. So then I'll be able to see them while I'm writing and I can pull from them and, and integrate the links and all those important things
0: i want to talk about like measuring the success of content how would you define success when you've written an an article
1: different for everyone a lot of clients have very different objectives as far as what they're measuring i think however some fairly universal uh performance metrics are things like social shares clicks to the article um if there's a cta at the end of the article what's the conversion rate on that um and you can use tools like Buzzsumo, I think Moz has some as well, as far as like, how is this ranking? How's this performing in comparison to similar articles? Yeah. So there are a lot of different things. It, it just kind of depends on what they want to accomplish with the piece.
0: Is there a particular length of, in terms of a, a blog post or an article that you find is performing well? Like, is there like, all oh, 3000 words or 15 minute read?
1: Yeah, I think the best performing pieces I've written have all been at least 3,500 words or more. So they're very much long form in depth. Most of them, honestly, now that I'm thinking about it, are probably 5,000 plus. Wow. So for me, I have the attention span of a fly. So I'm like, (laughs) I don't know how people sit down and read these things, but they're very fun to put together. (laughs) Somebody's reading them because they perform well, so just not for me, I guess.
0: I have this other, you know, I talked to Naja Koja. She's like yeah. both, yeah, at, at Vengage. Okay. And she talked about how she writes like she wants to talk. Is that something you do purposely when you're writing something? Like I'm purposely writing this. For people who have short attention spans, so you try to add more images and more content and more quotes here?
1: Yeah, definitely. So the visual component is huge. I think breaking the text into really small consumable pieces is super important, especially for people who are scanning, reading something on their phone, um, which is happening more and more. I think the other thing, too, is like incorporating some silliness and some humor. <laughs> that really helps... make things more interesting and keep people scrolling and reading so anytime you can tie in gifs or like pop culture references or memes i think all that really enriches and does a lot to content and it it doesn't i think people get worried that it it kind of chips away at the legitimacy or the like seriousness of the topic that they're trying to write about but Honestly, like it just makes it so much more engaging and fun to read, at least in my opinion.
0: That that could be an interesting measure of success too. Is it something that you want to read because it's fun, yeah. Right. Right. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about like, what are some trends you're seeing? You you've worked, I'm guessing you work with a lot of companies now. Like what are some trends you're seeing with content marketing and just content in general?
1: Yeah. So some of the big trends right now I'm seeing are a lot of repurposing. So taking blog content and then making videos or making Instagram stories or making social posts. Um, That's not entirely a new idea, but I'm seeing more and more people do it these days, especially video, which I think is wise um, because YouTube, as you know, is like, Becoming the second search engine, especially for a younger generations, so I think that that's super smart. Um, a lot more podcasting. I think I'm a little worried that the podcasting is becoming oversaturated, but it's it's like Netflix. Like there's so much content cons- to consume right now. It's kind- I feel like it's kind of the golden era of content. So there's just a lot of really high quality things out there uh, for people to listen to and to consume. It's just a matter of like getting their attention and saying, "Hey, listen to me over." the 15,000 other things you could listen to or read. Um, and that's tough, but that's a whole other conversation. Um, and then what else am I seeing? I'm seeing a lot more. I'm seeing a lot more um, like just many, many forms of content. So like Twitter threads, I don't know, just like taking content into different formats, a lot more like paid newsletters right now. Um, so using either like a MailChimp or a Substack where... People are sharing their insights and kind of distilling things into a really quick digestible format. Yeah, I think that those are the big things. Those are kind of the common themes and trends I'm seeing.
0: It's like you're, you're repurposing that 5,000 word article that you've created and, you know, repurposing it for other places.
1: Yeah, it's the too long, didn't read version.
0: <laughs> yeah, TLDR, that's good. Yeah. That sounds like a distribution thing too as well, right? Like you're you're helping distribute your content through this other places. Do you ever help out companies with the content distribution? Distribution.
1: I don't. So that's just not a service I offer because I've I've tried them in the past and I just don't really like getting into the business of leveraging my own personal channels for those types of things. I will. Sh- I do share a lot of the things that I write if I think that it's interesting or I'm proud of it, but it's never part of the deal. It's never like a paid service. So I don't. And I also don't want to be like beholden to somebody saying you have to share this three times on these days and like that. Just it's a slippery slope. So. I am always happy to offer up suggestions on how to distribute things, but I don't execute.
0: What are those suggestions? You've created this article. What should companies do to get the most exposure for it?
1: Yeah. I think that the most common sense thing is if you have experts who are quoted or if you're using company examples, like send out an email saying, Hey, we have this new post you're featured in it. We'd love for you to share it. Um, If not, just wanted to give you a heads up. Like that to me is the simplest way to get organic exposure is because people are happy to share when they've been featured, it makes them feel good. It's just kind of a no-brainer. I think the other things are just like the repurposing. That's a big one. And then distributing across channels too. So if you write an article like don't just tweet it once and hope somebody's gonna read it. You have to share it multiple times. You have to, you know, you, have, you kind of have to tell people 13 or tell them things 13 or 14 times before it's six. So don't be afraid to reshare And to, if if, if it's a really good piece of content, like think of, think of different, um, like social ways to, to tout it on social, like what are different angles you can talk about? What are different ways you can grab people's attention? talking about what's in the piece, things like that.
0: That's what I've been doing is like taking quotes from my guests and then resharing that three or four times, but it doesn't look the same because it's different yeah, quotes. It's fresh. I'm curious about your one, you know, I'm, I'm changing gears here about freelancing. You know, what, what's your one advice to any markers who is thinking about becoming a full time freelancer?
1: Find your people like know what, have a niche going in and then really immerse yourself in that community um, in the online environment, because like I said, most of my work comes through referrals. Most of the other freelancers I know say the same thing, like referrals are the key to sustainability long term with freelancing. So in order to get referrals, you need to have friends and to know people and to be seen as a expert at what it is that you do. So find your, find your people, find your little online tribe and participate. Don't just lurk in the shadows of Twitter or Facebook groups, whatever, like talk to people and schedule coffee chats, schedule, schedule like virtual video chats with one to two people every single week and really make that a huge focus as far as like, building connections and making friends with people who do what you want to do.
0: In terms of referrals, do they just happen organically or, you know, do you add a PS in your email? So like PS, if you're looking for somebody or this has just happen organically.
1: A lot of it's organic now, but in the early days, I was very deliberate about asking for referrals. So as part of my exit process, when a project wrapped, I would say, um, I would love to work together again. But if you know of somebody else who also needs my services, please feel free to pass my name along. I'm taking new clients right now. So something as simple as that.
0: Do you offer any incentives or it was it was just, just goodwill? Um,
1: no, not really. It was just kind of like a if you if you're happy with the work that I did, I'd appreciate it. I think the only time I have incentivized referrals is when they come from other freelancers that, you know, I don't I don't have anything really to offer. Like maybe I don't have good referrals for them at the same time that they're sending them my way. I'll send like a small thank you gift or I'll write a handwritten note. Things like that, just to acknowledge it because it's so important to the long-term success of freelancing.
0: And just two more questions. One of them is, what's your one advice to founders or marketers about content in general?
1: Um, go deep and have some personality. So like I said, it's easy to do the one-off content. that's 500 words. It costs next to nothing to have written or takes like 20 minutes to put together I really encourage people to go deep and to make new points add new new things to the conversations that are already happening be really contextual too like show lots of examples give me and, and it doesn't have to be recent examples too like pull from historical examples and and tie things back to the past I think that that is a really simple way to create a really engaging, interesting piece of content.
0: No, that's good. That's good advice. And just one last question. What's your call to action to my listeners? Where can people find you online?
1: Yeah, my website is Kayleymore.com. I also have a newsletter that I send out twice a month. Um, Sometimes it's about writing, sometimes about freelancing. Sometimes it's about random stuff. Sometimes I just share stories there. So um the newsletter is a great place and i spend way too much time on twitter so you can find me on twitter
0: too that's great i'm also part of a newsletter that's how i came across the Ah. ideas marinating that's good post so i'll tell people about that newsletter as well all right great thanks so much for your time i appreciate it thank you well that was it for this episode wow there's so much to take away i just want to share with you my three key takeaways first find your people find your bill online tribe or and participate. This is what Kaylee said. Don't just lurk in the shadows of Twitter or Facebook groups. Talk to people and schedule coffee chats. In marketing and I think in life, connections are very important. It opens up doors. Second, when it comes to content, go deep and have some personality. It's easy to do one-off content that's 500 words, which costs next to nothing, or it'll just take 20 minutes to put together, Kaylee's best articles go deep, make new points, and add new things to the conversation that are already happening. And third, repurpose your blog content. Take blog content and then make video or Instagram stories or social posts. That's not entirely a new idea, but Kaylee is seeing more and more people doing it these days, especially video, which which I think is wise because YouTube is the second biggest search engine. Did I miss something? Share with me your takeaways. I'd love to hear from you. You can find me on Twitter at Ramley John. my DMs are open or just email me, ramley at growthtoday.fm. I'd love to hear what you think about this. Thank you for the sponsor for this episode. Before we end, I just wanna thank those who made this episode possible. These folks help cover the cost of my podcast hosting and marketing tools so I can focus on getting amazing experts that you and I can learn from. So I wanna thank the sponsor for this episode, Rank Science. And once again, if you're in content marketing, you gotta check this out. Rank Science uses real-time search data and natural language processing to help you craft content that is relevant to searcher intent and maps directly to what they are actually searching for. You don't have to guess what people actually want when they type in keywords. They have figured this out in an algorithm that they've created. This allows you to optimize past blog posts and create new ones giving you a step-by-step plan for easy access so you don't have to go scratching your head and figuring that out. Sign up for a free, 30-day trial at rankscience.com forward slash growtoday, or you can find that link in the description. I also wanna thank my Patreon supporters who get an ad-free version of this podcast. Jamie Ward from Las Vegas, Veronica from London, UK, Fabrizio Marches from Brazil, Nicholas Vargas from Sydney, Sam Grover from New Zealand, Joseph Valenti from Quebec, Canada, Louis Nichols from Switzerland, and Anwar from Canada. You also get a thank you note and some stickers that I actually mailed to them snail mail the old school way if you lo- if you'd love to support me i would be very thankful there's three easy ways to do that first tell a friend about this you can share a quote on twitter or linkedin second you can join the grow today mailing list where i'll, I'll email you the grow cheat that i've created for each podcast episode directly going forward and third, you can support me on patreon for as little as two dollars per episode for an ad free version of this podcast you'll also get some amazing perks like stickers that i'll Mail to you. You'll also be part of our private Slack group, and we can do video calls whenever you want each month. With your help, I can continue to get some amazing guests for this episode. Well, that's it for this episode. This is Ramley John, your host, and as always, keep on growing. Cash, cash.